Welcome to the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast, where we help urologists and staff achieve peak economic and practice efficiency so there is time and energy to focus on patient care and a happy life. I'm your host, Scott Painter, with my co-hosts, Mark Painter and Dr. Ray Painter. Welcome to episode 64 of the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Painter, with my co-host, Mark Painter and Dr. Ray Painter. And today, we're going to discuss rack audits. And as Mark uh, just put it, the rack is back. So, uh, Mark, you want to explain, kind of for those that have never been through a rack audit, I don't know how many people are out there that haven't been through one, but explain what a rack audit is and how many you've been through and what you're seeing right now. I think it be of interest to a lot of uh, a lot of our listeners out there yeah so so first up the i mean they're no longer called racks but i it it, it rhymes better with back and they're they're just called recovery auditors they're they are charged um by medicare they're private contractors to take a look at bills that each medicare contractor has paid um and look for patterns that could potentially <clears throat> represent mispayments. Um, they use statistics to uh, identify potential areas where folks have not really uh, maybe paid attention to a national coverage directive or a local coverage decisions or a local coverage article, or they, they just see anomalies that don't match typical coding patterns. Uh, and then they request records. Uh, they will send, typically a letter comes in from <clears throat> this uh, contracted entity, and there are some different names out there, and you can actually see uh, what the recovery auditor's names are and who's charged with that for each region within Medicare by um, by looking that up on the cms.gov webpage. Um, but you'll get a letter, and it will identify a specific patient by their medical record uh, number or their beneficiary number um, and a date of service. Um, and you are required to submit um, the documentation supporting that encounter uh, and the codes that you selected. Um, and you're requested to send all supporting information that you have, which for some of these surgeries are going to include more than just the date of surger surgery. Um, so you, you, you really do want to take, and, and by the way, if you do not respond, um, to Medicare, they're going to automatically assume that you're incorrect, uh, and, and, uh, take back the money, uh, with, with future payments or send you a bill that you can pay. Uh, and, and the bigger problem of course is, um, once you don't respond, um, or you're proven to be incorrect, then typically they'll ask for more records that fit that same pattern. Uh, so you want to be able to respond and respond correctly. You want to look uh, and gather the information that you have within the record, record uh, and, and thoroughly support the services that you provided. Um, that would include, you know, a good description of the surgery you've done, any supporting documents, um, relative to the diagnosis, pathology reports, orders from other physicians. Um, but you also want to make sure that you're not providing any other information that isn't coded correctly. So 
um, you want to make sure that you're you're thorough, but you know, treat it kind of like a court court case. And and just to answer the question, um, really, what it boils down to. Uh, so it's important to do all that. And ultimately, if you find out there's something that maybe the uh, local coverage article had in its description that maybe you didn't have um, specifically in the documentation uh, for that particular patient. Uh, you may want to put together a cover letter that explains why things were done differently um, and or why they're, um, they, they didn't follow everything um, uh, uh, to, to the T as to what was explained. So you've got a chance to give some explanations in addition to the information that you provide. So um, take care um, and take your time putting that stuff together, but absolutely you have to respond. Uh, so you don't want to, don't, don't ignore those things. Um, and this next thing is, you know, they're fishing based on statistics. So um, don't also assume that they know something other than, hey, this fit this coding pattern. So uh, take your time, don't panic. Um, look at the information and really provide a good uh, supporting uh, story for everything that you've done, which in most cases, hopefully you have all that information. And if you don't, then put your explanations in as to why you did things slightly differently. So in your experience, how what are you talking about? How much, what's the 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 dollar amount that you've seen uh that's a scary dollar amount that they've recovered and what percentage are of the rack or the recovery audits are in your history like how many have you seen actually fail like how many people tried to defend themselves and then still had to pay so you know the 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 rack results or the results of the racks have have varied um you know, for the most part, providing the information and the support across the board that you build correctly, um, uh, those are accepted. Um, they're sometimes a little bit of back and forth as they go, as the, as we see that happen. Um, so the big, the scary things are the egregious misbills um, that are done repeatedly because those lead to bigger issues. Um, so the racks are usually, you know, front end pieces that there is some recovery there, but um, the bigger one is the repetitive problem um, that you didn't have the support for. You lost that particular argument, and now they're going to come request a lot more records, and it's and it's a lot more work. They just the 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 requests keep coming, or they shift it to something bigger um, in an investigation side. So um, so that's that's the worst i see it so it's not it's not as much about the rack recovery um because those things happen there are mistakes made and they may find them um it's that repetitive error if, if there's something that you were doing wrong over and over and over again that's that's what's scary okay i have another question for you when you receive a rat uh, one of the recovery audit letters obviously I, I know, Mark, you get a, a lot of phone calls right away, but what, what should you do when you get a recovery audit letter? How, how do you react? Yeah, so, so it's interesting. I, so there's been 
so first I'm going to classify a couple of different things that, you know, calls that I've received recently have been from, you know, repetitive medical record requests. And, and as we've talked about in many of our seminars, there's multiple chart review entities within Medicare. Um, so um, the first thing that I will do with folks that call me up is, you know, send, shoot me a copy of the letter. Let me let me see what's going on, because um, it may not be a rack and, and all of them are scary. I mean, it, when somebody's requesting records from way back, you know, uh, the first thing is, holy mackerel, I was doing my best, but I don't know if I paid attention to everything. And I don't know if I dotted my eyes or cry. I don't know where my problems are. And so the first thing that you want to do is determine you know, what, what entity you're dealing with. And that's, that's not because you're not going to respond to each one of them roughly the same way. The record requests are still the record requests. Um, but there are some of these that come through as educational only their first levels. They're, they're really not as scary as, you know, maybe a rack who's a little more targeted. Um, but they all kind of look the same. So finding out where the, the, the request for information is coming from is step one. Um, step two is you you pull because you are where you are. You can't make up what isn't there. Um, you've already billed. You've already gotten paid for these. Um, so it's time to go back and pull your records and see what what's there. Um, whether you were you understood what was going on, that you had access or really paid attention to all the information that Medicare overloads you with. So you've got to determine where you are. Um, and that requires making sure you pull together all the right records um, and, and the right supporting documentation, reviewing it and seeing if you're, you're supported or not. And then, so know what you're going to ship in before you send it in. So you know what's coming on the backside, and you can put your explanations in at that point in time. You don't, you don't blindly copy things and fire it in and hope for the best. Um, so know before you go is a big one. Um, and you know, ultimately, if you're ha if you're struggling with any of that, I mean, that's that's where I usually get the phone calls. You know, what is this? What do I do? Blah blah blah. To Hey, I found this one. I looked at it. My coders looked at it. They see this. Can you help me figure out if this is the right thing to do or um, if there's some other explanation we can come up with? Because I can also tell you that there are a number of these that we've gone through where um, we don't get involved until the second level. Like they've already shipped in their records and now Medicare is coming back and saying, you got to pay back this. We, we estimate that this is a repetitive problem. Now it needs to be this. You know, now it's time to, we need some help figuring out, can we argue with this? Um, and those guys don't have necessarily the, the full boat, if you will, on correctness. <laughs> there, there have been a number of things that we've, that we've seen, they, they've interpreted incorrectly. People reading urology records that have no business reading urology records. So, um, you know, there, there are mistakes that are made at every level. Um, they could have been yours. They could be on their, their recovery auditors. So it's worth taking a deeper dive, look at everything that's there, um, and putting together a response that's uh, cohesive and supportive um, and, and put your best foot forward 
Um, I recommend from the start, but even in the process, you've got a chance to appeal what the rack comes back with. So if you step down the road and you're, you've still got some issues, we can, we can help. So, um, yeah, that, so it's, I guess the two things are don't panic. Um, first find out where you are and then develop a game plan as to how you're going to respond. Um, because you need to know where you are before you, you move forward. So, Mark, to add to your bottom line, when you get a letter like that and you pull the charts they're requesting and you've seen what they're asking, you need to know whether you are accurate in what you've done or whether they have found something that is incorrect. Yes. And when you respond. Right. Whether it's a one-time deal or multiple issues or, you know, and, and then develop a correct, corrective approach. And if, they're, if they don't have the expertise in the practice, then they need to get somebody that does have the expertise. So they are very knowledgeable before they send that back and respond. Yes. I, I, if, if you don't know the answers and understand what you're doing, then yes, I would recommend you get some help. Do you have a specific example? Uh, you said you had uh, uh, more requests coming in there. Was there a specific example you had of what you, uh, the auditors have requested recently? So the, you know, many of the groups knew that there were some rack issues um, surrounding interstim implants, right? That the, we saw that kind of happening last year. Um, and then it looked like things backed off a little bit. Um, but we are seeing now some uh, requests around um, cryoablation of the prostate, um, uh, billing of, of uh, robotic prostatectomies for treatment of BPH. Um, you know, those codes are easy to identify where um, there's not a good code for a robotic prostatectomy, simple prostatectomy. The AUA had a couple of different suggestions with open versus laparoscopic approaches. So there are a few uh, codes here and there that went in um, with maybe the wrong code for the robotic uh, or the laparoscopic surgery. Um, so those are some of the big ones that we're, that we're seeing, or not big ones, we'll just say repetitive ones, um, that seems like they're a target. So, you know, it's, it, it's again, as it's statistically driven, um, these are kind of a couple of the issues that are out there right now. We've also seen um, injections, you know, using the incorrect injection code, a 96372 versus a 96402, in conjunction with the right drug. So just their, their coding patterns, they may not even seem like much um, on an individual case. Um, but again, you know, figuring out if this is a single problem or a multiple before you go in is, is the other piece that you got to kind of get a, get your pulse on. So those are just a few of them that we're starting to see right now. Um, and, and we'll try and keep sharing with those as as we see more. But those were the 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 four main groups I'm seeing in urology. So when you say single versus multiple, you're talking about 
if they may go back and use a percentage of mistakes to go back and collect over years of charging that particular code, correct? So the RAC can't really do that. They can only identify the problem on individuals um, with that. Um, that Those repetitive errors tend to move out of the rack and into the into a different realm within um, CMS and there you know the rack would get some credit for identifying that repetitive issue um, so that's where they fish it makes sense for them um, but um, yes that is the that is the bottom line issue is you know did you bill all of your exjivas with the wrong code um, and they can they can identify that pattern, then yeah, there's that's that's where they're doing the probe in the rack side, and they can step it up from there. So yes, you're exactly right. It's is there more money there after we do what we do? And that's you, you want to be absolutely correct in what you send in, and not allow them to count any more mistakes than actually occurred. Yeah, or have an explanation and then design corrective actions and, you know, talk to them about, hey, we, we see this was a mistake. We're going to go back and rebuild them. We're going to do all this other stuff. So, you know, responses are key um, and the whole thing, not just to what you where you are, but what you're going to do in reaction to those findings. How far back can they go? So my understanding is they're supposed to limit it. Um, to the and what we're seeing is is only within the last couple of years. Um, so I don't know. Uh, actually, off the top of my head, I'd have to go back and review as to what the statute of limitation is for the racks. What we're seeing is the last couple of years. Um, but um, you know, Medicare has a little bit more uh, leeway on how far they can go back for some of those things. Um, and I've heard differing timeframes on that, so I'm I I can't really give you a, a hard fast number. I'm just giving you that the the racks are coming in, and what we're seeing is the last couple of years. All right. Well, should we wrap this one up? Uh, anything uh, more to add, Ray? All right, Mark. I I don't either. I you know I I know it's scary. Um, for all that stuff, but uh, yeah, take the time. Don't panic, um, and then uh, and, and take a good look at what you got. And, and there's, you know, you can work through it. It's 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 most likely not intent. So if if it's intent, then then it's it's much different story. <laughs> so all right, that's key. Very good. So uh, so with that, we will uh, put on the episode notes. Uh, so if you go to prsnetwork.com forward slash 064, we'll, if you have questions about Rack and you want to talk a little bit more to Mark or to one of the consulting team members, we'll put a link to that. So uh, if, if you find yourself that you just want a little more help, we're there to give you some help and let you know uh, what we know. But uh, that's all we got for today. Take us out, Ray. Happy coding. Thank you for listening to the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast, where we help urologists and their staff maximize income and efficiencies so there's time and energy for patient care and a happy life.
Special thanks to Carl Painter for the music today. You can find his music on Spotify under his record label, Fiduciary.